0: This, this, this is the Rich Eisen show. show. Garrett Cole's show. turn today. One pitch, one nothing, Boston. Live from the Rich Eisen show studio in Los Angeles. The balance of the team has been out of whack for a couple of years now. I don't know why they don't see it. We see it. I see it. You see it. What's the problem, Giancarlo? Non si può stoparlo. Today's guests: ESPN broadcaster Steve Levy, Miami Marlins manager Don Mattingly, plus from the Men and Blazers, Roger Bennett.
1: And now,
0: it's Rich Eisen.
2: Our number two, the Rich Eisen show, is on the air. Roger Bennett of Men and Blazers joining us in hour number three right now. It's halftime in Wembley. It's nil-nil between England and Germany for the right to advance in the Euro Cup twenty twenty being played here in twenty twenty one. Beautiful setting. I have Beautiful. called matches uh, football games, NFL games there uh in Wembley. What a stadium Beautiful. that is. And the heavy an hitters. Are, stadium, the heavy hitters
0: is. are out. Uh, Prince William and his wife, David Beckham, Ed Sheeran. It's a home game. Home game. It's a home game. Celebs in the house.
2: I mean, Spain versus Switzerland is in St. Petersburg, Russia. That's a road trip.
1: <laughs>
0: that seems far.
2: That's a road trip. Go from Switzerland and, uh, and Spain. Who's who's going who's going to St. Petersburg next time?
0: <laughs> Petersburg?
2: <laughs> Petersburg. Um, <laughs> speaking of St. Petersburg, uh in America, the uh nice. the, the city uh, well aligns. is in, yeah, thank you well so much. How's out that? Got I mean, that this- rich.
0: What a segue off the top! I wasn't even head. planning to do that. That was yeah. tremendous. You know what I mean? It's that just I'm just tremendous. making place. I'm just making oh,
2: place. Whatever's coming, whatever's hit to me, I'm just trying to hit back. You oh, know what God. I mean? I'm trying to field it. Trying to throw them out. Uh, Donald Arthur Mattingly, one of the more perfect human beings ever created, will be joining us in about twenty minutes' time. Marlins manager, uh, but joining us right now from Tampa, St. Pete area, after watching the Tampa Bay Lightning take care of the Montreal Canadiens, not five to one. In Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final, the playoffs are coming to a head in the world of pucks and a man who has been covering this sport for ESPN forever and a day and the voice of Monday Night Football and my good friend Steve Levy joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Steve?
3: I absolutely was going to do the St. Pete transition, too, if you didn't, Rich.
2: You know what? We're just we're just cut from the same cloth, Steve.
3: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> How are you doing? How's it going?
3: I'm good, man. Everything's everything's good. We were uh, we were surprised by last night. You know, you you the blowouts. Uh, you know, you get blowouts in the NBA playoffs throughout, so you, you don't get that in the Stanley Cup Play. Even the best against the worst is still a one goal game and an empty netter. So five one is is really out of character for the sport, for the final, and certainly for the Canadian. So I was it was
2: weird to see, man. I mean, you're but you are in the uh, city of champions, Steve.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's be honest here. City of Champions. They're loving
3: it. uh, They flashed Gronk on the big scoreboard last night. I think it was taped. I don't think he was actually in the building. Right. Uh, But but it was a madhouse here anyway. So imagine if Gronk was here. That would have only added to the madness. So, no, they're fired up, man. Uh, And, in fact, that's so unfair, Rich. You know Montreal is going to return home either you know one one in the series or you know, down two zero and they're going to have like thirty five hundred mm. at yeah. the Bell Center and and, and they're going to have twenty thousand like naked people on top of each other right outside the building. Like, right. Such a bizarre <laughs> optic in Quebec right
2: now. No kidding. Yeah, that is not yeah. fair. That is not fair. That is an absolute disadvantage. So um, so is there a general sense that this is the lightning the lightnings to take right now. You know,
3: I, 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 think, uh, I think Tampa Bay is the better club, uh, but I, I think you could make the argument that uh, Montreal was, was the lesser of the club in every single round so far. Right. People forget, you know, people had uh, Toronto sweeping them in the first round, and Montreal actually went down 3-1 in that series and came back to win. Then they were able to sweep the more talented Winnipeg Jets, and they were absolutely not supposed to beat Las Vegas. And didn't even need seven and beat him and beat him in six. So you know, Montreal's kind of they got the magic right. We've always heard that expression about how a hot goalie can can sort of uh, equal equal the playing surface, you know. And um, and that, that's a big point of Barry Melrose in the series. Montreal, wherever they have played for the last you know twelve years or whatever it is, they've always had one advantage, the same advantage going into every game. They have carry Price, and you don't. But that kind of stops here because uh, Andre Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay, you know, might, might be his equal. So um, so that's a, that's a really neat matchup. I thought both goalies were pretty good. Uh, I don't blame anything on like Carey Price last night, but he, he can't give up five goals and Montreal expect to win.
2: Right. And so are you with Melrose? Is he with you, Steve? Yes. Yep. We're what, down here. Yeah. What is, uh, what's it like to watch the Montreal Canadiens in a Stanley Cup final with a guy who had McSorley's stick checked on him? Back in 93.
3: Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely come up uh, quite a few times. You can imagine. Actually, this is a, this is a brutal series for Melrose, right? So uh, the Canadiens in 93, people forget. You know, Barry and the Kings, they won game one in Montreal. They're winning game two late in regulation. They're about to go up 2-0 and come home, back to L.A., up 2-0 in the series. And there was the, uh, that minor illegal stick violation thing. And, uh, and, of course, the Kings didn't win another game. So that's that side of it and then he's here in Tampa which, which as you know right. uh, blew his doors out after a mere 16 games with a winning record uh, behind the bench i think they're still paying him whatever but uh, <laughs> so, yeah this has been a this has been a difficult series for Barry to be involved with, for sure
2: i love Bell- Barry Melrose he's one of my favorite people yep. that i got to work yep. with and see and but the 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 uh canadian aspect of it too because again we talked about this with our friend uh the actor colin hanks yesterday a diehard kings fan um yeah. where they a lot of kings fans do believe that that the uh, the canadian and uh jacques demer the coach at the time got some sort of intelligence on mcsorley's stick that was untoward to find out um and have knowledge and you know the, uh, the Canadian haven't been back to the cup until now, and the country of Canada hasn't won one since then. I wonder what so Melrose thinks of that.
3: That story has definitely been out there, Rich. I have also heard those whispers. And listen, it was, it was a different game back then, right? You're playing in those old barns, right? The old Montreal Forum. like Things were just different, right? Security was lax. Uh, there was real home ice advantage in some of those buildings. And as you point out, some of that home ice advantage might have been in the middle of the night, right? They're going into measuring sticks. Mm. And uh and I'm sure that happened elsewhere. And the tricky part though is to what do you do with that intel, right? When it's a gamble, right? You know it. You know it probably before the series starts or you know, after the first practice. And so the when do you use it, right? At what point in the game? Obviously third period, but you gotta be, you know, trailing by a goal, like everything has to be set up at the right time to use that. And it did work to perfection there. Um, Barry has always taken the high road on that, bud. Yes. He has always said, you know, hey, that's on me. I'm the head coach. those responsible to me. I have heard players say, you know, they only use their illegal sticks in the first two periods. They go to the legal curve in the third period, and that's, you know, some of that responsibility is on the player, the equipment manager, and those types. But, uh, yeah, you know, Barry, I mean, that was Barry's shot. You think about it, you don't get so many opportunities. here. like, you know, Tampa Bay is ready to try to repeat here. But so many so many talented people played and coached and whatever don't get the opportunity, even get a sniff at the cup. And again, that was Barry's best chance. You imagine you win both games in Montreal, going home. You have to like the King's chance with Wayne Gretzky in that spot.
2: Steve Levy here on The Rich Eisen Show. When, when was your first sports center? Who'd you do it with, Steve? When was that?
3: Uh, Carl Ravich. Mm-hmm. Uh, August 8th of, of 93. So that same year, by the way. Mm hmm. And uh, I'll never forget Mike McQuaid, who's still one of my my many bosses. We have a lot of bosses, as you know, Rich.
2: Yes. (laughs) And uh,
3: he was producing the show. And in those days, we did the two shot hi, hello on the middle camera. Yep. And then whoever had the lead, you'd look down and do the traditional TV anchor turn. Yes. (laughs) And do, you know, your 25 seconds, 30 second lead in, right? So, and Ravi had only been there like three months before me, the grizzled veteran, right? So. He gives me this nice buildup from New York, and Channel 2, and the fan, blah, blah, blah. We want to welcome our newest anchor, Steve Levy. Thanks, Carl. I say a sentence, and then, you know, you're supposed to look down and turn. Well, I must have looked down and not turned. So I did my entire 30-second first lead-in on the two-shot.
2: On the wrong camera.
3: Yes, and so Ravitch is trying to be, you know, comforting and a good partner. He's looking at me, he's looking at the camera. McQuaid is in my ear. Steve, camera three, you know, trying to be gentle. I'm definitely nervous, man. It's my first show. Yeah. Camera three. Camera three. Look left. Look left. (laughs) You know nothing. And I was Rich, there was nothing gonna get me off that camera two, that two shot, and until they rolled that video. And we were off and running. But well, that's, yeah.
2: What was the last time you see? Have you seen that footage? I mean, does it exist somewhere?
3: Uh, I'm sure it exists somewhere. Oh. Somewhere in uh, the basement in Bristol. But I, ha- I have not seen it. I see the bulging disc a lot. Nobody <laughs> brings out the... Uh, the first show is not as popular as the Bulging Disc. Always a good go-to. You know, when I speak at benefits, Rich, Yes. that's my own, you know, I'm not funny, as you know. No, so you I'm are.
2: Steve, guy. Steve, don't say that. So, no, no, so that's no. That's
3: always my go-to to try to break the ice with a crap.
2: Well, and of all the people to have had the back problem uh, and you leave out the S in Bulging Disc, uh, you yeah. know, Randy Johnson, uh, of all people as well. Uh, the big unit, right? Is that who had the bulging disc too, Steve? Was no, that, no, it was no, not.
3: Not for me. He might still have a bulging disc. But it was, uh, <laughs> who was
2: it? Who had it was, the bulging disc?
3: Maurice Hurst of the Patriots. Uh, Maurice Hurst Jr.'s dad. Yeah. Is <laughs> Maurice Hurst of the New England Patriots. I even tell you this story. This is a good story. So uh, yeah. I'm, doing Michigan, I'm, I'm doing a Michigan game, right? Yes. It's yeah. And uh, Maurice Hurst Jr.'s playing, right? He's a good player and stuff. Yes. We're on ABC, and I told the producer, hey, you know, we get to a blowout. It could be fun to roll in and all that stuff. So we wind up rolling it in, and uh, Maurice Hurst Jr. tweets me after the game and says something along the lines of, hey, Steve, I never knew that about my father. <laughs> so, <how about> that? <laughs> <laughs> And leaves it flat there. So, uh, yeah, that was my Maurice Hurst. Name. Oh.
2: My gosh! Yeah. I think that 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 was one of the stories from Real Sports Center that made it into that show, uh, the Aaron Sorkin show, Sports Night. Right? I think that yes. did yep. right. Like where, yep. but they had they basically said that that's on the prompter. It was Josh Charles basically said, "I'm not reading." it. I forget what it was, <laughs> but I it made Sports Night. That made Sports Night back in Absolutely the day. Absolutely
3: did. And listen, this was totally on me. It was spelled correctly in the prompter. I just misspoke. It was one letter, Rich. One little letter. Hey, make a big
2: deal about I it. just told the story just yesterday on yesterday's show that my my son is at summer camp right now. My two boys are in the in the same summer camp. My youngest son did the sports report on the PA system. I heard that yeah. story, and and I did it in Once Upon a Time in my camp too. I did the sports report on the PA, but I got basically fired from the job after doing it once because when I was reading the box score of the Philadelphia Phillies back in nineteen eighty or eighty one. Uh, i left the the letter M out of Mike Schmidt's last name by accident. And they thought I did that on purpose and I was one and done. So I had my, uh, hey man, I know how it feels basically, but I was also in Trails End Camp at the time, not on (laughs) SportsCenter. Not sitting next to Olbermann. That's right, Olbermann, (laughs) Olbermann, unfortunately for you, it wasn't a read into, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't a read into a highlight. It was just a straight sport, like a straight news read and you're supposed to throw it to Keith next and Keith was next and he had his glasses off and waved the camera back to you right cuz he was laughing is that what are he... you
3: Yes very close and Oberman has the line so I say what I said and, <laughs> and Oberman says Steve do we have any video of that <laughs> <laughs> So now you know the camera starts shaking right cuz everybody's laughing and the, and the other the other kicker to that story is and again you know what it's Mike McQuaid again so he's producing that night and the next story this is this is amazing is uh is about an Asian figure skater who had passed away, okay? So can you imagine? Mm. Now we've totally lost control of the show. Right, right, And right. In, in television terms, when you're not going to do a story, it's 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 kill the story, Let's right? It's kill the story, right. So that, right. So oh. Quaid says, all right, kill the Asian figure skater. You know, <laughs> so she's, she's already dead. And now, right, you know, our ears. So, oh. so you know, you can, so we've totally lost it now. And so I'm going through a rip. Of uh, of NFL like season ending career ending injuries and trying not to, to oh. lose you know to lose it and Keith absolutely is crying <laughs> and, uh, and and the only reason I was there is because Dan took the night off Dan had I don't know his daughter was graduating or something like that oh, gosh. So I was filling in for Dan it was coming out of Monday Night Football like it was the, the worst possible spot and uh, I really thought I was
2: get fired the next day. Rich. <laughs> I really did. oh god so look similar, at the hair we, we've got a screen story. grab of Very you similar. steve we got a screen grab of you from that there's hurst with the over the shoulder of maurice hurst yeah. senior right there night that you don't have that tie anymore that's for sure i don't think <laughs> no. you have that tie anymore <laughs> look at you Too Too look sick? at no it's it's, uh, it's got a it's hell of a pattern i patterns. mean my gosh that's oh my yeah that's uh
3: how about, how about me myself was I too thin or too thin? <laughs> you look,
2: Steve you look great I'm not going to lie oh, okay. you look great is yeah. tremendous yeah, I mean seriously that is a head of lettuce I had one too but you know oh <laughs> uh, well look have a great uh, time with the uh, with the cup um uh, let's let's do this again uh, in the summer as you are getting ready to call Monday night football we'll talk some uh, we'll talk some ball with you I'd love it
3: Absolutely that'd be great thanks for having thanks. us
2: on oh, Absolutely so you're on tonight right you're doing a sports center hit yep. you're doing, doing all doing that Some
3: sports center stuff yep okay.
2: exactly I'll see you then Steve thanks Okay, you there you go, pal. the one and only Steve Levy. <laughs> Dan took the night off. Never knew that about my dad, says Maurice Hurst. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is too funny, man. Oh,
2: I'm crying. Wow. Oh, my gosh.
0: Back in the day.
2: I remember Stuart Scott and I had a moment where we could not Get to break because we were laughing so hard, <laughs> and it was I forget when, I don't know what year it was, but we were showing the qualifying school highlights or something like that. Oh yeah, for golf. Yes, and I don't know why we were, but it was I I believe it was Q school highlights. Something crazy on must Sports have happened Center. Then right. Well, what happened was what. To use the Stuart, what, 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 what happened was, was to use the Stuart phrase <laughs> was uh, we saw some like you know true amateurs out there, right? And it was a very heavy set guy, <laughs> very heavy set guy in shorts participating. So just the visual itself, <laughs> and neither of us saw the highlight before they were showing it on the air, right? And neither, so neither of us were prepared to see a <laughs> big guy a in, big the, guy in shorts, shorts participating for his tour card. <laughs> yeah. And then we're certainly not prepared to see how the guy had a terrible hole, like blew up on the hole. Yeah. So here's a guy who's totally blown up big, and then he <laughs> blows up on the hole, and he finally puts out and Poor celebrates guy. by picking the ball up out of the cup. And flipping the middle finger to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or to the golf gods that had done this to him. It's something. And it's we saw that, and they digitized his hand. We didn't, weren't expecting it. We hadn't seen the paperwork describing that. And we just lost it. <laughs> we lost it. We started giggling. We started laughing so hard. You know, like, well, he definitely... Didn't get a birdie on the hole, but, you know, he flipped it. You know, <laughs> right. like, that's the sort of stuff that we were ad-libbing. And then oh, yeah. we're just like, just throw a break. Just out. Oh, my gosh. Take a break. Come back. Donald Arthur <laughs> Mattingly, the manager of the Miami Marlins, the manager of the year, reigning manager of the year, joining us next on The Rich Eisen Show before Roger Bennett, whose England is in a nil-nil tie with Germany. 60th minute. one thing I, I love about you steve is when you host family feud you get a, you you realize that there's a moment that is happening and you make a meal out of it like you as a host no we got to stop here and we have to acknowledge just how insane this moment just is yeah. right now and one of my favorite ones just like that involves stefan diggs of the minnesota vikings when he's playing for the fast money and it was leave it blank. And he said, in. And the whole place went absolutely nuts. And you just stepped away. Yeah. And just made an absolute five-horse meal out of that Because
1: we have to drink this moment. Yeah. See, sir, I don't... See, Stephon Diggs, look, man... If you got your helmet on you, your number, we all know who you are. Once he takes the helmet off, we got to kind of figure who that is. So he didn't have his helmet on. I wanted him to be YouTube famous for the rest of his life. Because what's great, man, is he's, you know, we do a lot of NFL, NBA shows on Family Feud for celebrities. It's great, man, when regular people discover that celebrities don't know nothing. (laughs) They don't. You think because a person is famous... They know more. They actually know less. They know less than anybody else because they're exposed to less. Rich people don't know how much milk costs. You get out of touch, man. And when they come on Celebrity Family Feud, you find out how out of touch they are. They don't know anything, man. <laughs> like, one of the questions for the NFL team was, yeah. and we were asking a guy, running back for the Packers, uh, can't think of his name, but the question was complete the sentence. Strip, and you spoke, you know, like strip mall, strip, strip, strip poker, strip sack. sack. I said, name, complete the word strip. He said, hurt. <laughs> strip purr i went hold on man i quit breathing (laughs) how is that your point of reference to complete the word strip Per, p-e-r that was it i was done that was one of my great moments
2: and again you just walk away and you just you realize that in the moment like okay this is it and I'm going to let this thing go. Hey, after the show, he
1: asked me, he said, Steve, is there any way we can edit that out? (laughs) I said, sir, we're not editing that out. Matter of fact, we're going to embellish it. You're going to say purr so loud. Purr. Uh,
2: I love Steve Harvey. That was at our Super Bowl in in Miami a couple of years ago now. Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this man was literally the first person that you guys asked to surprise me with a phone call on my birthday, correct? Because you know what this man, man means to me. You uh, know what this man means to me. Being a, a native New Yorker and loving this man and how he carried himself and did his business for all those years with the Yankees, now a manager of the Miami Marlins, kind enough to call in a few days later. Uh, with his Marlins taking on the Phillies later on today uh, in Philadelphia. Donald Arthur Mattingly joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Don Mattingly?
4: Hey, Rich. How are you?
2: I am fine. I'm always better for talking to you. <laughs> how are you doing?
4: <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, we're hanging in there. Um, this division's a little crazy. They've been pretty good, consistent. They've probably been the one team that's been consistent in our division. I think the have been we play good for a few games and we play bad for a few games. So, you know, hoping they come down to earth and, and we get hot.
2: Well, one of the things I wanted to hit you about, uh talking about uh you know, this season and was a comment that you made and uh a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, and this is the first time I've gotten a chance to talk to you, um, where, you know, we were talking about all of the all of the no hitters and the lack of hitting in major league baseball and the number of strikeouts and the shift taking hits away and how things are working. You use the word, uh, unwatchable. Um, you know, not saying it's all unwatchable, but on occasion, unwatchable. Uh, what, what did you, what did you mean by that? When you said that, Don, a few weeks ago.
4: Yeah. Without being the guy that I don't want to be the guy that's fashioned, you know, through the hitting, but it's just, it's I think as a general fan of the game, just like there's times when nothing goes on, and and I really was referencing me watching like parts of the World Series last year. Mm-hmm. I remember watching like I think the last I don't know two innings or something like that. It was like there was like one ball put in play, <laughs> and it's like that's tough to watch for me. And uh, I I was really referencing more from a fan's point of view yes. and my point of view watching it on TV. You feel like you could walk, away come back, and catch the game right back where it was, and nothing really went on. So, if yeah, I, I think that's a problem, and I think MLB is really addressing that problem and, and talking about ways to bring. We have to have action. We have to have a game that people like watching.
2: So, what would you do, uh, Don? Uh, what would you do if I, if I, you know, said, uh, you know, what you would suggest would be implemented by baseball to, to Incur some action on that front. What would that be for you?
4: Yeah, I think you. I think some of the things that they're trying and trying to get the data on uh, ways to open up the stolen base again, uh, where you you have more opportunity. They're talking about making the base just like a just a little bit bigger, which just shortens the routes just a little bit. Hmm. I think you got. We have to encourage like action in the game as far as being rewarded for putting the ball in play, you know, and I hate that, you know, there's certain things I don't like that like eliminating some of the shifting. Oh, uh, and to me, you. I look at that and I know you do the NFL. And I look at that, like eliminating the shift is like telling the defense, you can't play this way. You got to use only three linebackers and you got to use only three defensive, you know, but however many defensive backs and everybody else has to be on the line of scrimmage, uh, like, so that's where shifting like, drives me crazy because I think this has been a problem. It's been coming for a long time, right? It started, you know, probably 15 years ago where the strikeout began to get devalued. Uh, and once you start devaluing that, it just became like a strikeouts and out. And next thing you know, it's, it's 20 a night, right? And there's, you know, we, we were striking out probably, I felt like, 12, 14 times a night. We only get 27 outs and it's like there's 13 other chances to try to score. And so I think there's got to be ways to put things where we're incentivizing, you know, stolen base, a guy that can put the ball into a different way of thinking about the game as far as, you know, just all of the the three run homer and, and don't matter if you strike out things like that.
2: Well, I mean, and in terms of the shift that you bring up, Don Mattingly, manager of the Miami Marlins here on the Rich Eisen show, um, and you brought up the NFL, the NFL when there was a big problem with points on the board and you remember Mel Blunt, uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Don, mm-hmm. and he basically yep. because he was such a huge, uh, player, not just in terms of talent, but in terms of height and weight, and how he could move at that position, and he was such a game changer. Like literally, whenever I see him at the Hall of Fame, it does look like he could still give me ten snaps. Don, they they did change the rule where right. you had to. They they did change the way that you could play defense and 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 be penalized for touching somebody in a certain way at a certain you know uh, amount of yards uh from the line of scrimmage. I mean, they did change it, and so. There are rules as to how you can play defense without being penalized for it, and I I would love to see, you know, if you are uh, in the lineup card as a shortstop or a second baseman or a third baseman, there's only one side of the field that you're allowed to be on. That's it, and I, I'm wondering if would you would you take that as somebody who does know the value of placing people in a certain spot on the field, Don.
4: Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think that's really—I mean, if you've been following it all, like Theo Epstein has become a part of MLB, and they're doing a lot of—they're doing a lot of studies on the shifts and uh, you know the bases, you know, moving the mound back, you know, not changing the strike zone, but making it automated where the guys know the strike zone. Uh, And I think you're right—we have to do some things that make the game. It's like in the you know the you talk about the NFL. I watch basketball too, so like in yep. the NBA, you can't touch anybody anymore, right? You can't bump, you can't arm check, you can't hand check, and so now that becomes like an often more of an offensive thing that people like. So I think there's a lot going on that says, "Hey, we've got to be more a game that fans enjoy." And all the other all leagues seem like they change rules and and things to. You know, tweak the game to make it a better game um, to watch, at least for for the fans. And I know everybody fights that. Sometimes the the old school is like, "Oh, we can't change the game." But I, I think you have to. You have to stay with the times and and, and be current.
2: Don Mattingly here on the Rich Eisen Show, and, and one of the many reasons why I loved watching you play, Don, uh, was you could hit to all fields. You could hit to all fields with power, and striking out to you was something that was um a, a major negative like it was something that that it was a rarity to see because you could put the ball in play and you know there was a stigma to it and what how do you speak to a player today now as somebody who can counsel this sort of thing about cutting down on strikeouts and valuing putting the ball in play what how do you coach it how do you manage it don
4: well you you it's something you can't talk about But you know, honestly, that this has been something that's gone on with all organizations where they have devalued the strikeout over a time, and I think it's coming back where there's there is value to putting the ball more value put on putting the ball in play. Mm -hmm. But like anything else, we got a reward. You know, guys know they go to arbitration, and you get in that salary process that if you're, you know, putting the ball in play more, but you're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, or you're not doing any damage. You, you're not your worth goes down, so we don't value it as an as a industry. So when you start putting value on putting the ball in play and moving a runner over and 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 guys that don't strike out as much are there is a value to that. When that starts happening, you got a better chance of getting more players like that that believe in that. But right now, I mean organizations basically teach get the ball in the air uh launch angle exit velocity that's all they you you hear a lot of that now though there is movement towards more contact you know swing in the zone uh, guys that make contact with the ball in the zone there's all kinds of stats obviously in every sport mm-hmm. uh, but those are all stats but if you don't value them contract wise guys aren't going to change right you've already you, we've been doing this for 10 12 years now so the kids coming up High school and college, they look just like the pros. Mm-hmm. And they're swinging up and they're punching out, and that's just the game they grew up in.
2: What do you think of uh, the check-in pitchers? How do you think that's going, first couple weeks of that now, or in a second full week of it, Don? What I do you think,
4: think? You know, I think it's it's went well. Uh, I think it's something that had to happen. I was, I think I was a little naive on it. I was a little naive on the steroids, too, honestly. I was thinking, oh, there's not many guys doing it. And obviously we found out there was a lot of guys doing it. And I think what happened with the sticky stuff, because it came, it really started with players basically. I mean, everybody's always tried to have a little bit of, of tack on the ball. And players in general would say, hey, I don't mind, you know, I want a guy to have some kind of grip. I don't want to get hit in the head. Right. I want him to know where it's going. And I think that got taken to another level. And and that's really what happened where it, when you heard more and more guys coming back going, that ball's not moving naturally. You know, you grow up in a game that you see the ball move and where it's supposed to go, it starts one spot, it's going to another. And when balls start going places they shouldn't go to mm-hmm. unnaturally, it's like, I don't know what to do with that, right? And so players, you heard more and more players coming back saying that thing's moving in a way I've never seen a ball move before. And that told, told us that the pitchers were going too far, Right. They've taken it to an advantage now. they take it from, okay, yeah, I need a little grip. Okay. We're all good with that. A little sunscreen rosin or whatever. And that turned into super glue where you could hear that. You could actually hear the baseball coming off guys.
2: No kidding. When
4: they would throw it, you would hear it's like it was amazing. And then, you know, they nowadays they can check spin rates. Guys were having spin rates that were past their prime numbers ever. Right. So they just kept going up and up. Which creates it makes it tougher and tougher to hit. So I think hitters just got fed up with it. And and I think it's a good thing and, and we're gonna have to stay on it because it won't be long the guys are gonna they're gonna start giving up some hits and, and getting hit harder and they'll be trying to find ways to to use it again.
2: No kidding. So you're saying you're you're in the dugout. I mean, you you could see the way ball moves too from there, and you would you'd talk to your hitters as they come back, and you'd you'd have a quick confab and, and agree with each other like that. That is not right. There is something up with that. Is what you're saying. You'd have those moments.
4: Yeah, ab- absolutely, <sighs> absolutely. And, and for me, not necessarily being able to see that movement because I'm not up there. These guys see it, right. But obviously hear it and, and that's what's amazing and then we'd get balls back into the dugout on the foul ball the umpire throws it out and it it was like it was so sticky that you could i remember a guy and i'm not going to use his name because it's been out there too many times anyway right that the ball came back i got some on my finger and it was almost like when you use super glue and you glue something and, and inevitably you always get that on your fingers right and I could hardly get it off. It took me like two innings of peeling at my finger to get this stuff off of my hand. So I I, I was like, this is a whole nother level of sticky, right? And guys were just using it to it, to an advantage, to an athletic advantage, and, and really kind of in a sense like steroids, right? You're using that. People don't want to know about a guy that – uh, is using super glue to get a better breaking ball they want to know a guy that's actually got a good breaking ball yeah. because it's him
2: so um when you say they got a stake stay on it because it does seem to me though allowing you as a manager don Manningly here on the rich Eisen show allowing you as a manager to have the right to ask somebody to be checked in the middle of an inning similar to what happened with girardi and scherzer the other day that there's got to be something about that or do you as a manager appreciate having the ability to go to an ump at any point in time and say check that guy
4: yeah I think I think what's happened is it, it's gotten to be where they're gonna check in between innings mm-hmm. you know they check two to three times a game on a starter every reliever gets checked when he's coming off the field it hasn't been a big thing but it's it's getting to be I'm, I'm afraid that it gets to be like so quick and so nonchalant that guys figure a way to do it. But mm-hmm. now it does open up the door for a manager because it's always been available to you as a manager to check a guy. But you also knew that you probably had some guys on your club that were using some type of something that you were all of a sudden this was going to be back and forth with them checking your guys and you checking their guys. So it was almost like an unwritten that you, you're you not really going to check. Unless right. It's totally obvious. A guy's got you know a big old patch on his arm or hand then you you could you would do it, but in general, you weren't doing it now, I think it's opened the door to be able to say, "Hey, we think this guy's because your video guys are getting it too. Our video guy's sitting back there watching this thing and he's like, hey he's going to his neck every time and right to the ball, right So now you can go out and say, hey, our guy's got this guy going right to his neck and to the ball you're able to do that now, and I think it's it's going to be accepted that you can do that instead of it being a back and forth between teams.
2: This is wild. This is crazy. This is not what you signed up for either, is it, Don? I mean, you know what? I mean? You just want to manage
4: some ball and it just seems not really. like you not know really. there's a lot of things you know? There's a lot of things you don't that you don't sign up for, but you know what? That it all comes with the territory. And it's you know what's the evolution of of sports in different ways, right? I mean, you you see it all the time. You got guys with iPads you're able to watch pitchers pitch in between innings and you can see what, you know, plays in between innings just like I watched it on the I watch you know I watch Sunday football like a lot of other people, mm-hmm. and you see the guys looking at iPads and where the plays are and what was open and where I could have went differently, and so you have all that instantly, and so you you do evolve as a sport, and and that part is is kind of actually fun and challenging to be able to keep evolving with that.
2: Before I let you go, tell me about uh, Mattingly Charities. How's your charitable work going, Don? And how could people get involved and fill up your coffers? <clears throat> what do you got for me there?
4: I yeah, I appreciate you asking Rich. I, again, I know we've talked about this in the past and, and obviously this last year or probably, you know, during the pandemic has been a tough year for a lot of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, we were lucky in a sense because of the tops came out with a crazy card that ended up making us a bunch of money as a charity. Um, but it's for underserved youth. Uh, it's for kids in the worst situations. Uh, it's turned into more educational than anything we we've, We've done sports. We, we, we support reading programs. We've, we've put in STEM labs, um, you know, support, you know, different athletic, you know, things that's going on for kids, summer camps. It's really a way to hopefully help our communities uh, just get stronger and for the kids that kind of have fallen through the cracks to make sure they know that there are some choices to make. And, you know, they have to make them but you want them to know there's available choices to make if they're willing to work for them and and there is places to go. And that's really what our our mission has been, is to really reach those kids that aren't getting uh, or don't even know about the services, right? And there's opportunities for them. They just have to make those choices.
2: And mattinglycharities.org for people to learn more and donate and and, uh, learn how they can be part of what you're doing. Um, I I really appreciate the call, Don. I, I love our chats. I cherish them, quite honestly. And uh, my now soon-to-be eight-year-old daughter would be livid if she knew that I had you on and I did not send you her best since her middle name is your last name, as you know, Don, I think. So she sends yeah, her best. I
4: do know that, and I appreciate You don't know how much that means to me, really. Honestly, I've had some different families uh, traveling around that will... It's mostly little girls. It seems like not too many boys, uh, which is cool. It, it's but I have evolved from dogs and cats to you know some little girls, yes. which is kind of cool. Uh, but I, I, seriously, I am always you know you're you're humbled by that that somebody likes you enough and respects you enough to oh yeah you know obviously kids are special to all families. To put your name on them is is really is a humbling thing for me.
2: Yes and then it also because her first name is Taylor, which is fastly enough one of your is your son's name right Taylor um, so um, her her name is Taylor there Mattingly is. Eisen and because of your middle name her her, her initials are literally Tme isn't too much Eisen which she is Don and she hits to all fields she hits to all fields <laughs> she makes contact where, where she's she, she can catch she That's can throw good. she can do it all she's literally a five tool player my daughter so. You should be proud That's
4: of that. Right. We're going to keep make her be an athlete. I love it. We need athletes.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And she right. just like her dad. She complains <laughs> about the shift, so it's all good. We're all we're all part of the same family. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the call, Don. Okay. I really appreciate it. You be well. Well, let's let's touch base down the road, please.
4: That sounds good, Rich. Really Talk appreciate it. You. you got it. That's right.
2: Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly, number twenty three. Don Mattingly.
0: Donnie, baseball. Woo!
2: Donnie Baseball. Woo is correct. How about that? Ooh, hey, Skip, ball's moving pretty unnaturally. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I heard it. Taking him two innings to get that stuff off. You know, at any time. I crazy glued something oh, the yeah. other day. It takes forever. I didn't even see it was on my hand because I thought, okay, I'm not going to get this thing on my fingers. <laughs> I'm going to use the very top, and it gets on your hands. And he says they need to stay on it because it's going. people are going to get back to it.
0: They're they're going to find something else. How about that?
2: That's some real talk right there. That is the real straight stuff. And during that conversation, our third hour guest, you could probably hear Roger Bennett from wherever he's watching in New York City to here. Because England is up 1-0. 85th minute. Oh, it's going to be a white-knuckle ride between now and when Roger Bennett joins us in hour number three of this show.
3: Germany had a shot.
2: They got a shot. Here Taking a shot. shot. Taking a shot. One shot. England going for a two goal lead and they get it. And they get it. Harry Kane and his very famous head just put it in.
0: That was 2-0. That was incredible. Oh, they're going crazy.
2: Wembley might fall Dude, apart. London Look at London is going to be insane And tonight. this just in Gareth Southgate's suit, perfectly tucked. <laughs> South- Unbelievable. <laughs> Hasn't even moved. And he's flipping out like he's doing he literally <laughs> almost did a cartwheel. <laughs> Everything is like tucked and perfect. Oh, and the oh. Germans are stunned. Oh, so sad. That's going to be a long ride home. They're all making a VR sign. They want the VR. The Germans want the VR. It's not coming. That looked le- yeah. that looked pretty that damn legal to pretty me. Legit. pretty legit. Yeah. Look at us doing live time. Harry I mean, Kane. Yes, <laughs> Harry Kane took the middle key. I'm coming <laughs> home. Take the middle cane. Coming Take home. the middle cane. A giveaway at the middle of the pitch. Tell the world. Was he onside? Are they onside? Oh, it looked oh. onside to me. Oh, he's onside. He's on side. Harry Kane oh, the took header. the middle. Kane. Wow. Yes. Master Kane is the game. Oh, look at that. It's going to stand. Hatter. All right. We'll be back. Uh, <laughs> let's do this next. We're going to You uh, want to No. We'll, we'll do this next. Huge news. Huge news for me. Huge oh. news for me. Oh, okay. You're going to love hearing what I'm, I'm doing after this. after this. After the show oh. today, big news. And I think everyone's going to enjoy hearing it personally. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to
0: think about... What were you saying? What was the question? What, what question? <laughs> oh, Larry David. Yes. Yeah, no, but he's just too odd, man. I mean, we had dinner once. We went out for dinner. Yeah. He calls me up and he said, I said, what time? He called me up in the afternoon. He says, let's have dinner. I'll meet you there now. It's always now. It's like some diva <laughs> actress. And I yeah. said, "What? Well, you know, come on. What are you now? He says, let's have dinner. I said, I, I just had a hero sandwich. He said, all right, I'll meet you at 401. <laughs> 401. 401. I said. Then we were on the phone for an hour. I said, and we got up to five eighteen. I said, all right. And it was this high-profile thing in, on Rodeo Drive or one of those streets in Beverly Hills that yeah. he that he goes to a lot. He's he's a regular guy, but he he's Larry David. He can yeah, go wherever he wants. So can I, for that matter. So I got there an hour early <laughs> yeah. to pay the check. I said to the mate, "Hey, Mr. Lewis, how are you? do call me Richard, but listen, I'm paying for dinner." And he says, "Oh no, you can't pay." I went, "What do you mean I can't pay? I can't. What do you mean I can't pay?" <laughs> No, Mr. David will be upset. I don't care about it. Then I did my my Norman. What do you mean? I don't care about him. He can't follow me. I can't follow him. He can't follow me. I can catch him. I can. So he said, no, we, we won't allow it. I said, what do <laughs> you mean you won't allow it? It was a screaming match. This sounds like I an said, episode t- of
2: Curb, by the way.
0: Yes. And I said, take my credit card. So I sit down. Larry comes an hour late after this hour phone call, Four sixteen, five zero three, five eighteen. 503, 518. He was like an, a Jewish airport controller, out of control. So he gets there. And I said, Larry, why don't we make believe it's 1972 and we're broke and we're all we care about is is comedy and and uh, and you know and, and just our passion for our craft and, and whatever. And he and he says, What do you mean? I don't mean what I mean. We used to go to a Chinese restaurant, cheap. I'd get soup, we'd split it. I'd get. What do you want, beef? All right, I'll get the shrimp. All right, don't take too much of my shrimp. Then we'll split it. It was like $5, okay? He says, We're not going to split anything here. He I go, Why not? You'll hurt the feelings of the chef. I said, I couldn't care less about the chef. I just, I'm hungry. He says, I know him. He's a personal friend. I went, You know, and now I'm worried about the, the check, okay? The chef comes out with 18 entrees on a turntable. <laughs> Big enough. We should have sent it to the army and to the navy and to the marines and all that. and to a third world country. If we don't even have a discussion, Rich. The phone rings, Steve Martin, comedian, of course, and he doesn't say goodbye. He gets up, he goes, I forgot I have spoken night, and he leaves. <laughs> and he leaves me with a 100- hundred thousand dollar bill (laughs) with this chinese food that i couldn't even recognize it looked like a peacock smoking a joint i didn't even know what it was
2: this is an episode of curb your enthusiasm i hope you realize that wow happy 74th birthday to the great richard lewis Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, We are in extra time right now in Wembley, and Muller has just been taken off the pitch, and he is grumbling, and he is not happy, and he is down two goals. That's a wrap. And the Germans need to score twice. There's only four extra minutes, and we're already in the second Second. minute of extra time. (laughs) So for our uh, radio audience, we just showed uh, on a peacock uh, only segment, a, a three-minute clip from a 2017 appearance of Richard Lewis's. It's his 74th birthday, and he was talking about Larry David and going to dinner with Larry David and what it's like, and it was like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> well, today is a big day, gents, because Are you- I have received the phone call. Oh, baby! Uh-oh. The phone call. Wow. For those who know, may not know what the phone call is, the phone call is in regards to easily, easily the coolest thing that I'm involved in since I've moved here to Los Angeles since 2003, and I've been fortunate to be involved in a lot of cool things, but there is a group that is called together by none other than Larry David himself and Jeff Schaefer, the executive producer and writer and basically partner of Larry's for Curb Your Enthusiasm. As you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is coming back for another season. Yes. Yes. And as you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is ad-libbed quite a bit. <laughs> where they come up with an idea and they come up with a plot and they come up with a plot line and they come up with the construct of a scene, but they'll just let you go and say a lot of lines and and then you can ad-lib about a bunch of stuff and as long as it's huge to the plot line, they'll keep it and they'll move along and they'll put together the, the show. And... Doing that, they understand that they don't know what other people might find confusing. They think they're too close to the situation. They're too close to it to not know if the plot line could be confusing to somebody because of the way that they shoot it and put it together and piece it together. So they come up with the episode, what they think is pretty close to it. Sometimes the color's off. Sometimes the sound is off a little bit but basically what is essentially an episode of Curb, and then they'll show it to a group of people in an edit bay, in an edit room, in Santa Monica, California. And it's all over. The Brits have won, and we'll talk about it. England's won. We'll talk about it with Roger Bennett shortly. But there is basically a a group of people who watch Curb Your Enthusiasms in an edit bay way before it airs, so Larry and the rest of the group know that it's funny or it works or they ask what works and what doesn't. I have been fortunate to be part of that group for several seasons of yeah, Kirby many Enthusiasm. times. I've gotten the call oh.
0: <laughs> today when
2: I am done, I am heading to Santa Monica, oh, California today. Oh, and today
0: rich, like seeing the first one plus. Well, one,
2: plus no three. later in the day, a couple hours. Okay. Today wow. is the day I will see the first episode of oh. the latest season of Curb Enthusiasts. And I cannot wait.
0: Do you need like an escort? Yeah, or you are not I'll allowed. You, you are not a, allowed. Can I drive? Liza Minnelli. I'm I mean, sorry. I have there have are no plus credits. ones.
2: There are no plus oh. ones. I would <laughs> never. I even had to call, text to say, can I talk about it? I got to go ahead to talk about this fight club. Obviously, I will not be able to tell you What's what I have seen. Let's follow him.
3: R- Rich, you know, Mila was <laughs> in an episode of Curb last year. So maybe we could work that in to maybe get me in there with you. As no, it's okay. You know, because
2: it'd be like, I don't know. I mean, I'm standing in for her. You know. I understand that. I don't know if she'll want that. No, you want to check will. with her? FaceTime her. She's probably busy right now. You sure? Yeah, she's working. Oh, you're the one who invoked her name, not me. You know, she's probably busy. You know. I sure cannot wait. Yes. I cannot wait. Got COVID tested. Amazing. I yeah. told Jeff Schaefer there's not many people I would let them stick a, a swab <laughs> up my, un- <laughs> my fully vaccinated nose, <laughs> but we did it. Cleared for takeoff. Ooh. Cannot wait. Very jealous. Cannot wait. It's just, I've done this before in the first episode when you sit down and it's been months, if not years, since you've seen an episode of Curb and you know what's about to unfold is the newest episode of Curb Enthusiasm. And, you know, the HBO symbol comes up, you know, with the click and the ha. And then you hear, boom, boom, boom. And it's just, it's like, it is like eating cotton candy. It is. Uh, And then last time this came around, you know, it's a slight, small little bit part of you wondering is it possible that the fastball could lose a few miles per hour and then within a few seconds it's obvious but there is that moment i'll have it today right of course and last time around when the first scene popped up and it was larry and jb smooth walking down the street (laughs) it's like riding a bicycle and i cannot wait
0: you worried for the, later today. You worry the curbs may be only good with the spider tack. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, because this is going to be a COVID season. I uh, will see. I don't well, know how they're going to handle it. I, mean, I don't know be. what they're going to do. I have I no idea. Wait. Well,
0: we like, wondered you know, that after happen. last season. Remember, they had an episode where Larry had the MAGA hat and like. Well, I mean, big, Larry's biggest concern
2: old. about last season was when they had the Jets. You know, fan die right right because he killed himself and he was nervous that that plot line (laughs) would be destroyed by the jets being good by the time it aired in january that the jets actually had a good season and they can't that 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 plot line's off literally about a month about a month into the season i texted we had a text exchange with jeff schaefer like everything's fine like what happens to latte that plot line's very intact to the end can't wait oh that's later today that's dope (sighs)
0: Amazing. So there's right. that. Wow. Good job. All right, Roger
2: Bennett, a victorious <coughs> Roger Bennett. Now are three. How insane off the walls is Roger Bennett going to be? Oh, he's going to be out of his mind. To talk to. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, his book is about being a, a Brit in America, now being an American citizen. Right. That's what his book's about. Yeah. An Re- interesting way Re- to board. sell that book will be this is the greatest day <laughs> of my life as a Brit. I mean, England has advanced to the round of eight. Quarters. They have advanced the quarters.
0: Prince William's pumped. Yeah, they look at show Prince David William. Beckham before. Look Ed at Sheeran. that.
2: The English pride.
0: Harry Kane has, oh, is literally yeah. doing a lap around the whole stadium, like clapping, clapping. and waving at yeah, everyone. Yeah, like
2: like Kirk, Like like, uh, Cal Ripken. like Cal Ripken. Can he jump on a horse like Wade Boggs? I never know
0: what you guys are talking well, they about. They haven't won oh, yet. That's right. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't see what's happening. <laughs> uh, sorry,
2: TJ. How lit is it going to be in London tonight? I mean, it's... Right? Because right know. now it's dinner time there, isn't it?
0: Right. So, yeah, they're eight hours oh. ahead, right?
2: Yes. Right? It's late dinner time. Let's go. Oh, how lit...
0: No, it's seven. seven. It's oh, seven in London. Man. They're nine hours ahead. No, sorry, eight. Eight hours ahead. England
2: hey, right. just right. bounced Germany 2-0. <laughs> see ya in Wembley, Ooh. and they're going absolutely crazy right now. I people be
1: are going to
0: be drunk for like three days. You guys want to see what it's like, just go to
2: the King's Head in Santa Monica, How? and you will
3: you will live it. And by the way, what a great moment insane. this is. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, honestly,
2: for, for these people right now, there's one fan holding a – like a what looked like a uh, an older gentleman on a phone it looked like a dad to see what's going on on the field. I'm getting goosebumps right now. I mean that these fans, in their lockdowns and being cooped up and getting through variant after variant after variant to be in this stadium right now, personally witnessing the bouncing of Germany two nil. What a moment! Literally, I'm getting goosebumps right here. You could I don't know oh, if you can see it.
1: This is amazing.
2: For these folks to be there. Sports. 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 Love it. (laughs) And look at that. Steve McManaman's on right now, and he's just lighting it up. (laughs) Right. He's on right now. Huh. I'm loving it. By the way, what a day for ESPN yesterday. Those two matches and huh. then uh, and then the, the Clippers win. Oh, Germany, over. Uh, there you go, TJ. Over. Now you know what we're talking about. <laughs> you know we're talking about. <laughs> Germany is over. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>